Good evening and welcome to Top Growth. Joining me for tonight's segment is Kevin O'Brien. Kevin is a certified financial planner, an accredited investment fiduciary, a chartered advisor in philanthropy, and founder and president of Peak Financial Services, a wealth management firm specializing in retirement and estate planning for business owners and individuals. Over the past 30 years, he has helped hundreds of individuals and organizations reach their financial goals. Kevin is highly praised for his work in the financial services industry. He has been a featured speaker at numerous events, has been published in local and national news media, such as the Worcester Business Journal, the U.S. News and World Report, thestreet.com, and he has written the foreword to the Art of Investing in Portfolio Management, a proven six-step process to meet your financial goals. Kevin is on the Board of Governors for Tufts Medical Center, and he also served on several other nonprofit organizational boards and committees, most notably Reliant Medical Group Foundation, Central Mass Plan Giving Association, and the Worcester County Estate and Business Planning Council. Currently, he is a corporator for the Greater Worcester Community Foundation and the YWCA of Worcester. Today, though, we are here to talk about Kevin's new book, which just debuted, The Massachusetts Biotech Boom, An Essential Guide to Keeping Your Wealth Intact. This book brings you deep inside the Massachusetts life sciences industry with compelling and exclusive interviews with those leaders and founders at some of the highest profile companies in the biotech industry. Welcome, Kevin. Thanks, Deb. So great to see you, first of all. Thank you. And we're just so delighted that you're here to join us today on the show. And we're so excited to hear about this new book that you've spent a lot of the last couple of years writing. Just about two years. Two yeah, it's years. been great. It's a long, great. wonderful journey yes, in writing this book. Definitely. So tell us about the book. What made you decide right now? at this day and age, this time, to write this book. And uh, tell us a little bit about what incentivized you to write it, um, why you thought of the idea, and mm -hmm. uh, where, how this all came about. Sure. So um, back in the day, I went to Merrimack <laughs> College, majored mm -hmm. in finance and economics. Mm -hmm. And I've always been pretty fascinated with the economic transformations that's been taking place over the past 30 years here in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And you know, one of my favorite courses back then was the history of economic thought and it showed us the transformation from the old agrarian societies to the industrial revolution and you know and then getting into the business back in the early 80s financial services business you know I was able to see the whole industry in Massachusetts go from this old manufacturing to a service economy mm -hmm. we had the high-tech industry come in here and you know 128 was called the Massachusetts high-tech highway, I think, right, or that's right. technology highway. Technology highway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that was fascinating to see. And as I started my business back then, I was able to work with a lot of the executives and middle managers within those companies, Digital, mm -hmm. uh, Data General, mm -hmm. uh, EMC, you know. And it, it, but slowly, as we got into the 90s, that high-tech business um, kind of dissipated a bit. We still have a pretty good stronghold here in Massachusetts, right, right. but as the Internet came about, a lot of those startups have been out on the West Coast, and we lost a bit of that. Mm -hmm. However, as that was taking place, the fledgling biotech industry was starting to form. Mm -hmm. 
Right. And you know, by 1995, we saw that uh, they had cloned a, a sheep, Dolly, mm -hmm. over in, in, in Scotland. Mm -hmm. And you know, things like that. I would watch you know, companies like Biogen and Amgen mm -hmm. and Genentech, and their stocks would go up, and then they'd come down, crashing mm -hmm. down. And you know, they would have certain therapeutics come to market, and mm -hmm. they'd do well. And then they'd have certain therapeutics fail, and their stock would go down. So it was very volatile, very tenuous. But as time's gone on, and the, tr the thing that fascinates me the most about here in Massachusetts is just the skyline that's changed in Boston, the waterfront, Cambridge, right. uh, Kendall Square, mm -hmm. and Worcester as right. well, to see the old you know, manufacturing buildings mm -hmm. that were once boarded up in the late 70s, early 80s, mm -hmm. They've been either rehabilitated and new laboratories have been built inside of them or they've right. been raised and bright new shining buildings have come up, you know, WPI and the mm -hmm. Mass Pharma Pharmacy, uh, College of Pharmacy. Right. Um, you know, so academia is thriving, mm -hmm. um, the, the, the uh, breakthroughs. Just this last year, um, the uh, IPOs, and, and venture capital that's been poured into this industry is record-breaking. Mm. So there's been over $2 billion that has been put into uh, biotech companies, which is immense. It's amazing. Yeah. It really is. And, and, and so that industry, we in Massachusetts are one of the world's largest and most influential biotechnology life sciences hubs mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. We just, we had been the number one hub um, from a uh, dollars, uh, economic impact, w jobs, and just last year we just got inched out by this whole state of California. Mm -hmm. And when you think of California, the size well, of the, the size of California is in comparison to Massachusetts. Just huge. It's pretty yeah. remarkable that Massachusetts has been the number one, and hopefully we'll get it back. Yes, and hopefully we, we'll get it back. Exactly, yeah. and I think when you look at a per capita basis, mm -hmm. we still are number one. Absolutely. You know, and and so part of that, I'm, I'm proud, you know, yeah. to be in Massachusetts. Yes. I'm born and raised here, yes. and to see, you know, Boston and the the areas just become like a world class city mm -hmm. and, and so influential and the, the um, breakthroughs and the you know life-saving breakthroughs and, and um, you know life-altering drugs and therapeutics that have come about you know MS is, is oh, being it's, it's, it's remarkable the its cures that they yeah. are coming up with and really transforming the world in so many ways um, mm -hmm. with, with treatment Mm -hmm. and um, opportunities that were never available years exactly. and years ago. Yeah. Um, the biggest, the brightest individuals that are really coming and working with these companies now. So we think about Worcester to Cambridge. Yes. So as you started to think about, okay, this is, there's something really amazing happening here in Massachusetts, and you've, mm -hmm. you've witnessed the incredible growth, the corporate growth, and then, of course, the IPOs that you mentioned, and the tremendous um, success both monetarily and then also with the impact on society. Yes. So why now? Why did you decide that this is the right time, this book sh definitely needs to get out there, and, and so why... At this time, did you decide to, to write this book? Sure, yeah, great question. So um, as my business has matured mm -hmm. over the past 30 years, and I've helped a lot of um, high-tech 
executives and and um, and, and middle managers and entrepreneurs. Um, and now I have several biotech clients mm -hmm. in that space, and I've seen the successes, mm -hmm. and I've seen the failures. You know, it's a, it's still a very tenuous risk. Uh, Absolutely. is paramount in there. Yes. So you've got a 90% failure rate mm -hmm. on these therapeutics and drugs. Mm -hmm. So 10% of them make it to market. So I've, I've had clients who have been in this industry for several years now, and I've seen you know, the, the, the wealth that can be created, mm -hmm. and I've seen things just not come to fruition and, and they'd be out of work right. within 24 hours of a failure an mm -hmm. FDA phase one, uh, two, or three uh, drug. And so um, I, I, I have also seen individuals go from these big, successful pharmas and, mm -hmm. and biotech companies into the startups. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've seen how they've successfully done that. You know, there's people who they have done well personally to have a nice, solid financial foundation, mm -hmm. and then they can take kind of that leap of faith into right. a startup and know if it doesn't take off and does fail, as most of them do, mm -hmm. that they're going to be okay. Right. They can still, you know, take care of their family. Exactly. They can still secure their lifestyle that they want to enjoy. Right. Um, and then I've seen the entrepreneurs, you know, start out and, and, and um, get some traction going and then all of a sudden the, you know, phase three fails and then the company is out of business, mm -hmm. you know, but they've raised an immense amount of money, there's hope, there's, you know, excitement around it, and then all of a sudden, boom. Right. But the interesting thing about that industry is that failure is not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you're done, you know, so mm -hmm. I see these people transform their careers. Okay, they didn't have the success with maybe a therapeutic or something, but they learned a tremendous amount. Mm -hmm. You know, they learned how to network and raise money and mm -hmm. bring a company public mm -hmm. and create, you know, something of value that, okay, it didn't make it, but now they can take that knowledge and that experience and that expertise that they garnered through that and bring it to other companies mm -hmm. because it's such a, a burgeoning industry still right. to this day, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and they land on their feet. Right. and they go to another level mm -hmm. and they create and help other companies go public or get bought so right. it, it, it's exciting it's just mm -hmm. amazing to witness it um, one of the main things I want to help people do is understand the opportunities that exist mm -hmm. from an entrepreneurial standpoint as well as like an executive level standpoint um, or just a career path um, the opportunities are pretty immense, uh, but the risks that are inherent in it are quite obvious and apparent. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of these people, these individuals, men and women, who are incentivized through equity compensation, a lot of it is equity-based. It could be stock options or a restricted stock, um, deferred comp. So helping those people maximize the use of those benefits, mm -hmm. but also make sure that they manage the risks of them and, you know, basically take some chips off the table sure. occasionally. And, and so in the book, I focus on a concept called human capital. 
and human capital is how we derive our economic benefits, our, our potential wealth, mm -hmm. or how we can create an economic value for ourselves, our family, and those around us. So that human capital, we need to factor that in as we help people manage their personal finances. So in the biotech space, that human capital is very equity-based. Mm -hmm. It's very stock-like. So when they're investing, you know, whether it be in their 401ks or the uh, um, 529s for their kids, whatever it might be, as they accumulate their own personal wealth, they should probably be a little more conservative, right? Because where they're deriving that wealth from is very tenuous and, sure. and very risk-based. Mm -hmm as opposed to maybe like a uh, municipal uh, government employee, it's, it, it's like a bond, right. you know, where they're deriving their human capital mm -hmm. from is steady, predictable, mm -hmm. they might have a pension, so they could afford to invest more aggressively. Perhaps. So in the book you interviewed some really um, amazing individuals who yeah. pioneered yeah. the industry yeah. um, on a national level, if not global. Yes. Uh, could you share with our viewers who some of those people were Yes. and some of those and the reason why you chose them? Hmm. Okay. So the most prominent interviewee was uh, Walter Wally Gilbert, mm -hmm. a co-founder of Biogen. Mm -hmm. And he was just, he's 80-something years old today, and so he has so much experience. He co-founded Biogen in the early 80s, mm -hmm. and just prior to that, in 1980, he won the Nobel Prize in uh, biology for uh, DNA, uh, recombinant DNA uh, splicing. So right at the, he, a pioneer is probably the best word you mm -hmm. can say. So to be able to sit down with Wally, talk to him for three hours, and understand, you know, what incentivized him as a child even mm -hmm. to get into this. He was so, you know, gracious with his time and, and open and forward. And so some of the things that we have in that book are pretty uh, captivating as mm -hmm. well as, uh, you know, full of wisdom. Right. as well. Wisdom for the people that are currently in the industry, looking to get into the industry, um, and for so many of those entrepreneurs, and you see this all mm -hmm. the time where they might rent a lab space, um, and they're really hoping to get their um, to get their business off the ground, and they're mm -hmm. looking for investors, and they're trying to put together presentations to get the investors, and um, continue on with their work, and so they read even just that piece on Wally Gilbert, your interview with Wally Gilbert, that alone inspires them, inspires them to stick with it. Mm -hmm. Don't worry, just keep doing what you're doing, get to the next level. Exactly, yeah. 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 So the, those people that you mentioned, the people yes. in the labs, the incubators, yes. it's you know. It's just, it's so prevalent now. Isn't it incredible? It's, an, it's and, amazing. And, and yeah. as I've been able to find out more about this industry, mm -hmm. interview some of them, um, I, I'm, I'm so impressed. I'm, they're almost kind of like my heroes because <laughs> they defer their um, ability, you know, to create their wealth sometimes Ten years, Absolutely. you know, it takes about five to ten years to, and then there's only a ten percent probability of success. Exactly. And they're willing to go that extra mile, mm -hmm. forgo the short-term compensation mm -hmm. uh, for that longer-term potential benefit. 
right. that could be groundbreaking, could in, in, in impact mm. a tremendous amount of people in a certain population that are afflicted with a certain disease. Yes. So there's a lot of altruism behind it, mm -hmm. uh, benevolence, mm -hmm. um, risk-taking, yeah. and hopefully, you know, the potential reward. And, and, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about the... Uh, pricing and things like that because there is controversy around it too Absolutely. and I'd like to you know dispel a bit of that mm -hmm. because I believe you know a lot of these people have just a good-hearted intention of trying to find something for a cure for a lot of people mm -hmm. tell us a, tell us a little bit more about the interviews who else um, would be someone that we might recognize that you've interviewed in the book yeah so um, locally here yeah. in Worcester Dennis yeah. Kaberski okay a friend of mine yeah. um, you know he started a company it's now called Biomere mm -hmm. and Dennis came out of UMass Medical School that that company was lifted out of there. Mm -hmm. um, in the book, we talk about how he went about funding it. Mm -hmm. And um, he called, Dennis is a great guy, good sense of humor, very intelligent, mm -hmm. um, but he calls it his DFFs, and that's uh, doctors, friends, family, and fools. <laughs> you know, but um, he's done extremely well. Uh, his company competes with the likes of. Uh, Charles River Laboratories, okay. mm -hmm. and so big, solid company, but he's able to carve out a niche of his own mm -hmm. in that space and has done extremely well. That's great. And, and so we showcase Dennis in there. And um, another gentleman that people might be aware of is uh, David Eason, mm -hmm. a friend and neighbor of mine who started a company called Alpha Beta mm -hmm. and took it public, and it was very promising. And, um, you know, it was out as a publicly traded company and then you know it, it failed mm -hmm. um, but David did not you know David has rebounded he currently is with a company called Indigo Agriculture mm -hmm. and they're a uh, what's considered a unicorn mm -hmm. private company unicorn which is it's valued at over a billion dollars today mm -hmm. before they even gone public so it really is a great book as well on resiliency. So you're yeah, absolutely. you're really highlighting the explosive growth here in Massachusetts in the biotech uh, mm -hmm. industry and life sciences, and then taking people on these really compelling journeys that so many of these um, pioneers and uh, local and regional entrepreneurs have had uh, the mm -hmm. ups and downs, and and then just teaching lessons in adversity and also perhaps hindsight based on their experiences. Mm -hmm. So as we all read them, regardless of whether we're in the life sciences industry or not, it really helps to instill that sense of, okay, you know, you have a great idea or a great concept, and if it goes great, these are all the wonderful things that can happen. But mm -hmm. so often, um, more than not, there are things that don't go so well, and it's how you respond to them and how you learn from them that you can really uh, grow and uh, get your business and yourself individually to the next level through that pain. Exactly, um, yeah. yeah. It's really fascinating. Now, um, <coughs> so tell us more about um, your company, Peak. You have been around for 30 years hmm. now. Yeah, you no. have an outstanding <laughs> reputation. Yeah. Um, the businesses get old. None of the entrepreneurs do, right? <laughs> if, if we can exactly. keep telling ourselves that, we'll all be fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you just, you know, so you, you have this outstanding reputation. Thank you. Um, and so share with our viewers a little bit more about what you do and, mm -hmm. um, and perhaps um, maybe some... 
uh, interesting concepts you can leave them with that sure. uh, as they think about uh, the new year and think about their plans for mm -hmm. success, whether it's in their own businesses or mm -hmm. in their personal lives that yeah, you might absolutely. be able to share with so, them. You know, um, I'll tell you a little bit about what motivated me to get into the oh, business. I would love so, to hear that. You know, yeah. Growing up in Clinton, yeah. Massachusetts, my dad was an accountant at a company called Colonial Press. Mm -hmm. He worked there for 28 years. Two years, and he was a company guy, you know, work hard, play hard yeah. a bit too. Um, and he would be in there every quarter on weekends, you know, doing the accounting thing and mm -hmm. closing the books and whatnot. And I saw two years prior to his retirement, this was back in the 70s, and before the ERISA laws that protect people's retirement plans, it, that company got bought. Mm -hmm. And the company that bought them looked at the retirement plan as an asset on the books, mm -hmm. and they took his retirement plan, along with 650 other people's retirement plan. It was pretty prevalent back mm -hmm. in the early 80s, I'm sorry, 70s. And that's after that, the ERISA laws came about to protect people from that happening. Mm -hmm. But I saw it, it was life-changing. It totally altered my dad's life, Absolutely. and I saw that happen. Mm -hmm. And so um, another event that was uh, pretty uh, profound to me was seeing my uh, Aunt Kate, who um, worked for the government, the mm -hmm. federal government, her whole life, and um, had a pension and savings and things. Never got married, never had mm -hmm. kids, so was able to save some money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so she uh, wanted to buy my parents a cottage up in like Rye Beach or Gloucester area because mm -hmm. they used to rent. And no, Aunt Kate, you know, you worked hard all your life. You, you know, enjoy your money. Well, she was about 77, 78 at the time. And shortly, within a year or two after that, she had a stroke. And she ended up in a nursing home. Mm -hmm. and, and basically the nursing home got her money. Oh and so I witnessed these two mm -hmm. major events mm -hmm. in my life. And as I went on to college and thought about I was going to become a stockbroker on Wall Street or right. something like that, you know. Mm -hmm. But I took a course called Risk Management. And it was taught by a former financial advisor um, who worked at American Express Company. And he showed us the six-step process mm -hmm. that um, I adhere to to this day mm -hmm. and how it looks at the bigger picture for people. And it showed me how I could help people avoid those terrible mm -hmm. events that mm -hmm. I witnessed. Mm -hmm. um, and those are the motivating factors that I think got me into this. I knew that was something I could bring back to this area because, mm -hmm. um, you know, people work hard. They work too hard to see their money just dissipate. Mm -hmm. And if I can, you know, have a little bit of an impact mm -hmm. on that, that's mm -hmm. it's so rewarding. And I've been able to do that. I've seen, you know, New England Electric downsized over the years, digital downsized mm -hmm. over the years. And these people would come in with their retirement plans or their early retirement offers with, you know, stacks of legalese like this. Mm -hmm. And we were able to make them make sense of it and mm -hmm. understand that they were going to be okay. And pff, it's been... Fun right. and, and rewarding. I could see wow. those people leave with more confidence mm -hmm. and, and uh, peace of mind. Well, and to have that personal interest in helping people based on your own experiences in life, really is um, it just it's a wonderful story to also you know share with your own clients because mm -hmm. you really it's a caring you really care about yeah. making a difference. And I think when you care about your work, a and you mm -hmm. love what you do but there's a reason behind it that has meaning. It really drives everything to the a higher level every day. 
because you're also you're an entrepreneur yep. and some days are better than others and Absolutely. when you have a motivating factor mm -hmm. behind it that's so deeply meaningful to you mm. it can carry you through those days absolutely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's very re rewarding to see the people do well and you know get the kids through school buy a second home right have enough money to give away to, right. to, to good causes you know impact mm -hmm. investing and, absolutely yeah so it, and it keeps evolving um the whole industry there's a whole concept of uh, ESG which mm -hmm. used to be called uh, socially responsible investing is now environmentally sustainable mm -hmm. and corporate governance factors that go into picking companies that are doing right by people yes <laughs> which is really terrific yeah. and I think a lot of our younger workforce really loves that about mm -hmm. certain companies mm -hmm. you know, yes. just really getting involved in a more humanitarian way and giving yeah. back yeah. to the community. It's a huge core value that a lot of our younger um, workforce generation are looking towards. Yes. So let's get back to the book before Sorry. we close. No, <laughs> yeah. I want to get back to the book and, okay. and that was really great. But mm -hmm. so, um, so anybody should, anyone should and could buy this book because mm -hmm. it's going to make a difference in, in uh, even the, just the compelling interviews and stories about um, some of these fascinating yes. individuals that you have interviewed. Yep. So it's not just Everyone in the life sciences world should read this book. They should. Yeah. But it also opens a door to anyone who's an entrepreneur, anyone who is interested in this subject. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And even young, young kids, I mean, who are looking to learn experiences and resiliency and yep. um, getting back on their feet. Yep, and come to Massachusetts to and do it, exactly. you know, because it's a great place to live and work. Yes. But, uh, yes, included in the book is very high-level advanced concepts to mm -hmm. help people through tax mitigation, risk management. A lot, of, as I mentioned, a lot of these people are compensated through the stock yes. and equity in their own company. Mm -hmm. So they end up having this concentrated stock position mm -hmm. that can be volatile or, right. or quite risky mm -hmm. so helping them manage the risks of that helping them unwind it tax efficiently and cost effectively mm -hmm. and helping them comp complement their personal financial well-being and attain the things that they're working hard for and so a lot of these people that I interviewed will are working mm -hmm. with either me or other advisors and and the importance of that is that it gives them a better work-life balance absolutely you know because I believe health is wealth you absolutely right? must make sure that you are balancing everything <clears throat> yes you're not going to be good the next day if you don't exactly. rest well treat yourself well yeah um, so I think yeah. we're able to take a component of their life and complement it well and, and take some of the burden of that responsibility off of them, mm -hmm. but help them make good, well-informed, educated decisions around it so that they, when they're at home, mm -hmm. they can focus on being at home and with their family. When they're working, they're focused on their work and being as right. productive as they possibly can, and they have the, hopefully have the peace of mind and confidence to know that what they're working hard for is being kept intact, keeping yes. their wealth intact, and accomplishing the good things that they want to do overall. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And, and I want to encourage our viewers to go and, um, and purchase this book. We have the website where you can learn more about this book um, on your screens. And to go to the website, purchase the book, read the book, enjoy it. And remember that the Massachusetts biotech boom is a huge industry. And um, Kevin O'Brien has illuminated it in this great book with these compelling interviews, and the best is yet to come. 
and I'm sure that right after this book is uh, is well read and you've sold your millions of copies, we're going to have the sequel uh, to how this industry is uh, is out doing even California with its population. So, um, so awesome. thank you for joining us, and it Welcome. was just such a pleasure thank as you, always. Deb. Thank you very me. much. Yeah, thank you. Great. Okay. Thank you. Yep. You're welcome. <laughs> so now we basically just sit and we talk. Okay.